What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and here we are in February. And what I want to know from you this week is, did you make any New Year's resolutions? And specifically, did you make any business New Year's resolutions, right? Did you do some planning at the beginning of this year or the end of last year for your business? And if so, here we are one month into 2015. How's it going? Now, I don't want you to feel bad if you're not exactly on track with what you said you'd do. I know in my own experience, I've had lots of ups and downs with how best to plan for my own business because part of the reason I really enjoy running my own business is that I can do what I want, right? I don't have a boss. I can work on what I want. But what I've learned over the years is one of the big challenges is actually holding yourself accountable and keeping yourself on task. So people have different issues, like some people have a hard time settling down and doing work. For me, my issue is that I work all the time if I leave it unchecked, but I'll tend to work on whatever I think is fun at the time. So like I'll learn about a new technology or a new website, or I'll have a new idea for a course, and I'll just go off and do that and not always be aligned with my goals for the year. And what I've learned is that if you really want to make progress in your business and you've spent some time doing some planning and setting goals and objectives that you want to get to through the year, then at least for me, I need to chunk it out into monthly or quarterly objectives and really keep focused on those, like to the extent that I actually have to write them down and hang them in front of my desk so that I keep just refocusing on, oh, right, this is the big picture. This is the direction I'm going in. Do those things first, and then you can do the fun stuff after. Anyway, that's what works for me. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, because I know that here we are one month into the year, and despite our best intentions, we could start to be getting off track already with meeting our goals for our business. And actually, this is the best time to catch ourselves and adjust. You know, let's not wait until September or October to say, oh my gosh, I'm completely off of my revenue goal, or I didn't even start working on the book I was planning to write. Let's catch that right now and make some adjustments. So this week I have a guest on the podcast. It's Rachel Feldman, who is a health coach and business coach. And Rachel Feldman was actually my second interview ever. So you can hear her first interview where she's talking about building online programs and building her email list way back at wellpreneuronline.com slash two, just the number two, because she was my second interview. How exciting. So now I have got Rachel back on because we've kept in touch throughout the year. Rachel has really awesome done-for-you detox programs that you definitely should take a look at if you're interested in running some detox programs for your clients. And if you'd like to check out some of Rachel's detoxes, I'll actually put them in the show notes, but you can also go to wellpreneuronline.com slash detox because I'm an affiliate, which means I help to promote Rachel's programs. Anyway, so I've got Rachel on and we're going to be talking about both goal setting for our businesses as well as productivity tips. So how do we actually get stuff done in our business? 
And I really tried to keep this not as an interview, but just a conversation between the two of us sharing exactly what we do and what we struggle with and the tips we've learned over the years on really how to set goals and be more productive. Because it's one thing to say, oh, I want to make $200,000 in my business and have 30 clients at a time. That's one thing to say it, but to actually then make a plan and take action on that regularly to reach those goals is something totally different. And that's what we'll be talking about in this episode today. So as always, you can get all of the links of everything Rachel and I talk about in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 56. Now, before we jump into this interview with Rachel, I just wanted to check in about the training videos I was telling you about last week by Marie Forleo. In case you missed last week's episode, there is an awesome product launch going on right now for a program that I've personally taken and I personally recommend, which is Marie Forleo's B-School. And it's specifically an online marketing training course for entrepreneurs and small businesses so that you can learn exactly how to do modern marketing, how to attract your tribe online, how to really get into their head to know exactly what they want, and then how to create products and services that people really want to buy. Now, I took this program the first time two years ago, and it was really awesome. Anyway, if you want to get my honest review of Marie Forleo's program, check out last week's podcast, which you can get at wellpreneuronline.com slash 55. But regardless of whether you're interested in this program or not, I totally recommend going to check out her free training videos that she's got right now because Marie is just an awesome online marketer. And all of you listening, I know, are interested in building your businesses online. So you're interested in online marketing. And if you want to see how a product launch is really done and how to really connect to your ideal customers and how to launch your program in a big way, then absolutely go check out her training video. They're only available for a short time. Just today, she's released the second video, which contains her 13 keys to killing it online. I totally recommend going to watch this video. It's well worth it. You can go see her videos by going to wellpreneuronline.com slash bschool. Like I said, I'm actually uh, helping to promote the B-School course this year. So that's my affiliate link, which would be awesome if you want to use it. But whether you're interested in the program or not, like I said, seriously, do not miss this training videos. Like this is the way to do an online launch. Wellpreneuronline.com slash B-School. Okay, now without further ado, let's jump into this interview, or not even an interview, my conversation with Rachel Feldman all about goal setting and productivity in our wellness businesses. And I'd love to hear from you at the end of it and hear your favorite productivity tips and how you decide what to work on in your business. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, really good. So like I said, I just wanted to have you come on so we could really talk about kicking off the year with goal setting and how we decide what to work on in our business and productivity and just really have a chat around that because it's a huge topic for a lot of people, especially now that we're at the beginning of a new year. I feel like I was actually just saying this the other day. I feel that we think so much about our business, but we don't actually either put it on paper or we don't think about our goals in like a structured way. And I was saying to someone the other day, I refuse to let my best dreams like flush down the toilet. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's definitely talk about this. I think it's going to be an awesome conversation. That's so true, isn't it? All of us, I think, especially in the health and wellness field, like we're so creative, we have all these ideas and we're always talking about all this amazing stuff we're going to do. But, you know, I find if I don't write it down, then it just kind of goes 
out of my head and just kind of floats away. Like maybe I get really excited about it for a while and then it never ends up happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's definitely something around like writing it down. So did you set goals this year? Yeah. One thing that I've learned, and I actually did a webinar on this, like, and somebody asked me, what really makes your year productive? And I said, one is setting my goals for the year. I used to be scared to do that. I'm always very honest with people. I used to be scared to set my financial goals, be scared to set my emotional goals as a health coach or as a person, but also to set my business goals. Like, where do I want to be in, I call it semesters. I break down my years like semesters, probably because I launch semester to semester, but I always write down my goals and I always start to like map out. I'm a very visual thinker. So for me, getting out of that visual, it's very important for me to mind map, not just in my head, but put that onto a whiteboard And then also translate that onto paper and make sure that I also am talking to somebody, whether it's my assistant or whether it's even my hubby or whether it's like the one, you know, best friend that I have as a health coach that I know I could tell like my deepest and darkest secrets to Mm -hmm. so that I can like talk that out. Because I think, you know, for so many of us, we have all these great epiphanies of all these great ideas, for me, they always happen in the shower or when I'm driving and we think, oh, well, that's just an idea. So I've kind of learned to write those down and to get really clear on them, even if they feel like, oh, how am I ever going to attain this? Because when we write them down, we do actually attain them. They, they become real because we start to say, you know what? I am going to make this happen. So not only do I write them down, but I put it on a whiteboard. I put it in a Google Doc. I actually have something called a dream book that before like January 1st, I'll take like three weeks in December to start just saying, what programs do I want to roll out? Or how do I want to revamp things? Ooh, I love that idea, I, a dream book. Yeah, my, I call it my dream book. My husband was so sweet. He actually gave me this like really rad, huge one that looks like this old school book from like the 1800s. And he was like, here, honey, like this is for all your dreams because you're such a dreamer, but your dreams usually come true because you make them happen. And I think as health and wellness professionals, like we need to hear that we can have successful businesses in something we love doing. Absolutely. I'm really glad you said something about not just writing it down, but writing it down and putting it all over the place. Because I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but in the past, and I'm, I'm better about this now and we can talk about that, but I used to have like little post-it notes and like 10 notebooks going with like each with all these different business plans in them and these different ideas and they'd just be all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I would just kind of write stuff down but never go back to it. And I think when you're doing your goals, at least what I do, it's mapping them out and then you have to put them places. So I really like to do a vision board Mm-hmm. which I just love to do like the whole process of it. Cause I guess I'm very visual too and have more of a creative angle. So just creating like this collage of different words and images and literally it's hanging right behind my computer screen where I can see it every day when I'm working. And then also I've got a big whiteboard and I write down my major quarterly goals there to stay focused on them. Cause I found that if it's just hidden in a notebook somewhere, I just forget about it. It has to be someplace that it's like in my face every day. Well, and I think coming up with a system, I think for me, even when I was in commercial real estate, I hated systems. And yet we had to have systems. We needed to have a system to reach out to people who owned buildings, people who owned triple nets, people who owned single homes that maybe they would knock down. I mean, it was like we needed a system so then we could follow up with them. 
And so they had these great tracking software things, you know, whatever that you could buy for your computer. And it was, it was wonderful to be able to have this on your computer so you could track people. And when I got into the health and wellness field, it was very hard for me to figure out a system because I'm not system oriented. It's just not who I am. I'm, I'm more creative. And there are people in the health and wellness field that are the opposite. They're more system oriented and the creative flow. And you and I were just talking about this before we started doing the interview. You and I are both kind of more creative people. And I think what's important is coming up with a system. So if you do have the white sticky notes all over, or you're the person who needs to visualize things and have the whiteboard, make sure that you have that system of goals that go from an Excel spreadsheet to your dream book, to your sticky notes, to a Google Doc. And whether you use like Teamwork or Basecamp or To Do, somewhere that takes that or one of the mind mapping that you can get online, make sure that you take what are on the sticky notes and everything and translate it. Because that's where I think we fall short. It's like we have all these ideas and then it's like, where does it get translated into something that's tangible? So a lot of people buy, and I see them all over, those gorgeous journals that are really pretty and it has you write out your dreams and everything. But if it doesn't get into a place that is tangible so that you say, you know what, I want to launch this program or I want to rebuild my quote unquote one-on-one, you know, and revamp how that looks and I have an idea to add A, B, and C. If you're just scribbling that out, but it doesn't go into a Google Doc or it doesn't get put into a place that actually reminds you to mm-hmm. do it a week later or on what date, you then don't, you're not held accountable. And Absolutely. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing goals. There needs to be accountability. And if if you don't have a, a virtual assistant, I know in the beginning I didn't. I didn't A, have the money to. You need to hold yourself accountable. That's what being a, an entrepreneur is about. That's what being a business owner is about. Sometimes it's me, myself, and Irene. So you have to make that accountability. And that's why I say, you know, whether it's even on your own calendar that says, you know what, I'm making, I'm writing this on my vision board on Monday. And in two weeks from now, I'm going to hold myself accountable. So I'm going to set a reminder from one week from now that I need to have this written. And a week later, I need to have this mapped out and done. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, in terms of tools, like the stuff I love to use for that, well, I use my Google Calendar and I do that and I go in the future and put little reminders. But there's this plugin for Gmail called Boomerang. I don't know if you mm. use that. No, I don't use Gmail. I use old school Mac, like Outlook kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, for Gmail, there's this plugin. It's, I think it's free or it's really inexpensive. It's called Boomerang. And basically it will, like you can just, if you get an email from somebody or like you put a task in your email, you can just say, oh, send this back to me in tomorrow or in two weeks or on this specific date. And so like if I send somebody an email and I'm waiting for a follow-up, I'll just set it so it boomerangs me back in a week. So I remember to follow up with them. And just setting little automated things like that really keeps Mm -hmm. me accountable and and on top of things. Oh, and the other tool I was going to share was Evernote. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, Evernote has, it's basically my outsourced brain. Like every (laughs) idea I come up with, I have different notes that store like ideas for the podcast, potential guests, like products that I'd like to make or different promotional ideas that I read about. Because I find that 
we all get so excited and enthusiastic about, oh my gosh, I could write an ebook or I could do a webinar or here's some great tips for how to run a course or maybe I'll like try this recipe. And it can really just make you run all over the place and not get anything finished. And so I find by like keeping everything in Evernote, then when I have time to start a new project or I'm doing my planning, I can like go back and look, okay, well, what are all the ideas that I was excited mm-hmm. about? And then decide what I want to work on. I was actually teaching a few weeks ago up at the Raw Food Institute with Lisa Wilson, and we were actually co-teaching their raw food educators. And she and I were talking about daily tasks and how to stay productive. And, you know, I think when you're a business owner um, and you're working from home or you're working in an office and you're by yourself, it is really about how do you take those ideas and bring them into your daily day and stay productive. And I love what you just said. And we were talking about what do we individually do? And I think for me, it is about really tasking your day out. I know from the moment I wake up, I know how long something's going to take me from social media, from blogging or from doing session notes. And I'll even set timers. And this is what we were talking about, like setting a timer so that, you know what, this amount is going to be for social media. This amount is going to be for being on Facebook. This amount is going to be for reaching out and trying to get new clients because it is so easy to get distracted No, distracted by social media? (laughs) (laughs) Or just distracted by anything. I mean, I think that's the thing about having so many ideas. It's like we're when you're a creative person, it's like we can get in that idea and creation. I know even for me, I'll have a task at hand and I'll be like, why don't I do another ebook? (laughs) And all of a sudden I'll say, like, wait, but I'm supposed to do this. And I hear from a lot of coaches, and I'm sure you hear this too. I'm not making money. And I always say you have to stay focused and productive on what is going to make you money, what is going to build your list, and what are those goals that are not only going to be money-making goals, but also fulfilling. And I think that's a thing that is really important in this. It's like you have to match your goals, not just with, hey, I want to be on the stage of TED Talk. That's great. But what are also those immediate goals that are going to get you one-on-one clients, that are going to get you exposure, visibility, building your list. And those are the things that I think are real tangible goals. We can be big dreamer. It's important. I mean, you know, I remember when you were first doing podcasts and you're like, I have this idea, I want to do this. And you made it happen. And you probably set very tangible goals that you needed to do every day to do that. But we also have to think of those tangible goals. I know I have to every day of how am I going to make money to support my family? And I have to take steps every day to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to mention was you said something about aligning it with your, oh, fulfillment. That's what you, that was the word you used, fulfillment. And I wanted to say, if we just take a step back and we think, okay, well, like it's the start of a new year. We're planning for our business. In the past, what I used to do is I used to just set these crazy goals. Like, you know, okay, well, I want to make this much money and then I want to get this many email subscribers and I want to write a book and I want to do this and that. And sometimes I found that it was really hard. I didn't have a lot of, there wasn't emotion linked into those. Like you want to make $100,000. Well, that's nice, but why? Like, what's the driver behind that? And I don't know, you're probably familiar with Danielle Laporte's Desire Map. Yeah. Um, That book, 
and I'll put a link in the show notes, I just thought was awesome because she talks about that it's not just the goal, right? It's not just $100,000 or however much you want to make. It's about how you want to feel. And so if you think about if you're planning in your business and you're thinking about like, okay, what do I want for 2015? Maybe it's not just money. Or if there is a certain amount of money, it's because that's going to make me feel generous and wealthy or secure and safe, or it's going to give me freedom. And to really dig down to what those emotions and your values values are that are driving those goals. Then I found that once I made that connection and really I was leading by, okay, which is exactly what Danielle says, like lead with how do you want to feel? So figure that out first and then set those goals And then for me, then that brings me to, okay, so then what do I need to do on like a quarterly or a monthly or a daily basis to get there? But for me, that made it, it made them a lot more urgent and pressing and seem a lot more real than just like pulling a number out of thin air. Well, and I want to go a step further because I hear this all the time, or I see this even, especially when I coach coaches or even for myself, and I have them fill out this 15 page packet when they work with me. And it will say like, I need to make 10,000 a month, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's great. So you need to make 10,000 a month. And so you need to do this, this, and this, and this. And they're like, but I'm scared to do that. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, we're all scared to do certain things, but your deeper why, which is what I have you write in your story, there are people out there that need you. And so what you just talked about is getting down to that deeper why, really feeling like what would it feel like to work with somebody who really needs to hear either my story or needs to work with me, but also being willing to know that we're going to be uncomfortable stepping into some of our goals, whether they're financial or emotional. Because when you step into, and I think this is the beauty of being a health coach, and I remember talking to Joshua Rosenthal about this. When you step into the realm of being a health coach, which was different when I worked in commercial real estate, I made six figures in commercial real estate. Everyone knew, they were like, I want to work with Rach because she's not going to screw me over. That's what everyone would always say. She never, she doesn't lie when she's doing a deal. Like she's just not going to screw me over. And that was great in real estate, but I didn't have to like put my heart on the line. I didn't have to like shed a part of my life. And in health coach, as in being a health coach, it's like you have to pull back the layers of your own life and be so authentic. I think that's what is hard for a lot of health coaches. And it doesn't mean that you have to tell your deepest and darkest wounds in your story. I always say this, but I do think that's the aha moment And that is what Danielle De Laporte does so well is that it's like, you have to be able to tap into that why of like, why does this mean so much? What does this taste like? What does it look like when you have that fulfillment? Because when you can step into that, like the fear starts to slip away where it's like, but I don't want to do a webinar. It's too scary. I don't want to work with somebody one-on-one. Because the deeper why of working with somebody to help them overrides that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's where the fulfillment. So say what happens when, you know, we set these goals. So we set our revenue goal for the year. How much, you know, we want to make 10000 a month, like you said. So then how do you go from that? I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. Okay, I want to make 10000 a month. Now what? Like that, if that's just my goal. Okay, so that's my goal. But so what are, what's my strategy to actually get there? 
And so we don't need to say like how exactly you'd get there, but how do you even decide out of all these ideas, right? We've got all these ideas. Like I could do one-on-one coaching. I could write a book. I could do group coaching. And then I want to make $10,000 a month. So how do you decide in your business what to work on to reach your goals? I think that's different for everyone. I actually have this conversation every day. I'm like, I don't have a seven step, like do this, do A, B, and C. But what I will tell you, I do know what works. And one is that you have to figure out your style. For me, I love one-on-one coaching. I love it. So there are other people that love groups. And I really think you have to figure out, do you love groups or do you love one-on-one coaching? I do believe 100% that you need to build your list. And building your list doesn't just mean that you say, sign up for my free inspiration and recipes. Nobody wants to do that. That screams spam me. (laughs) So there's a reason that I have like 50 different opt-in freebies. And nobody will see that on my site, but I have them on my MailChimp because I constantly will put that under every different post or I will circulate them on social media. And you have to build your list through opt-in freebies, through free events, teleclasses, webinars. And I will say this, every time I did, the first time I did a teleclass, a webinar, a free event, I felt like I was going to throw up. (laughs) My first teleclass, four people came and I thought, how am I ever going to build a health coaching practice with three people? But now 450 people come. And I'm sure as I build, I hope to double that. But you have to start somewhere. And I say, I tell you three people because that is the honest truth. Three people came. But you have to build your list. That's number one because the conversion rate is 3%. We can't build our business without conversing with people. So that's number one. And people don't hire you unless they start to trust you. I've had people who say, I've been following you for a year a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's 365 days. A year they've been following me. They've been watching what I've been saying on a consistent basis. That means I was posting daily. That means I was saying the consistent message. And they said, you know what? I want to hire you. So whether you're doing one-on-one, groups, programs, anything, you built trust. So if yeah, you want to get... Yeah. yeah, if you want to get to that $10,000, whether you're doing VIP, whether you're doing groups, retreats, anything, it's the same model. Opt-in freebies, people always say, oh, you have a detox. Well, I have a detox I always have for visibility because I believe that it's that we all have toxicity that leads us to disease. But because people will say, oh, you have a detox, they'll call me, they'll say, I'm going to talk to you about that. And all of a sudden they turn into a one-on-one client. That for me is a model that has worked because doing a huge group detox has not always been, that's not what works for me, but Mm -hmm. I get a lot of one-on-one clients. So I think when you're thinking about getting to the $10,000 mark, you need to think about what works for you. Is it group to group? And a lot of coaches do that, but you still have to do the same process. And you've got, yeah, do it consistently and for the long haul, really. To build momentum. You know, one thing that what I just went through, and and I would recommend this to everyone, although it was really painful, when I was doing my own 2015 planning, I went through and really cleaned up my accounting and went through, and I mean, this is so not what I like to do. I'm really not into spreadsheets and numbers, and it's just not my thing. But I forced myself to do it. I went through everything for the past year to see exactly where my revenue was coming from. 
And if you've done any business, if you're just starting out, you won't have this. But if you've been in business at all, even if you've only had just a little, you know, a few sales, it's really worth not just guessing what's worked for you in the past, but actually going back and pulling the numbers, whether that's numbers of revenue, which I definitely recommend, but also like numbers of email subscribers or numbers of visits to your website and really looking at the hard numbers and saying, what's working for me? What's worked in the past? Because when I was doing my planning for the year, I looked at that and you can really see, I was a bit surprised how much of my revenue came from a couple different sources. And so then I can plan to grow that because why not focus on growing something that's already getting some momentum rather than starting something from scratch. So although it can be painful for those of us creative types, I definitely recommend digging in and and seeing what you could maximize that you already have. And then the other thing I wanted to say is just, you don't have to do everything. I was just thinking that it's, you just read my mind. One of the things like in, in, when I was doing my 2015 planning, and actually this happened last year when I was starting my podcast, I had been blogging on Wellpreneur Online and I had to stop and say, okay, if I'm going to start this podcast, I'm also not going to blog because they're kind of filling the same role, right? They're helping to like, get my message out and provide a voice to reach new people and have this consistent marketing message going out and this consistent content. And so I decided to stop the blog and do the podcast. And that was a really good decision because there's just no way I'd be able to do a blog and a podcast and webinars and create digital products and, 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 right? And so I think also when you're planning what you're going to do for the year, figure out what's the most fun for you or what's getting you the best results and maybe just focus on that for six months or the year. And then see how it goes. And you can always change going forward. Well, and I think also in having a business plan, it's really important. You know, I remember in the beginning, I thought, well, I'm going to have a seven-day detox and then a 14-day this and then a a 60-day this. And even I'm about to revamp my site and I'm pulling a bunch of programs just off because it's like you don't want your client to be confused. Mm -hmm. There's no need to offer so many things. I think as coaches, we whether it's offering too many programs, whether it's getting into too many multi-level businesses, whether it's thinking that we need to be an expert in every different area, like it's okay to just step back. What I have found for me, which is nice, is to always have one source of passive mm-hmm. and one source of active income. And passive doesn't have to mean that you're selling a product. It can be that you have an e-downloadable product that you is an e-guide or a program that when you're sleeping, somebody in another part of the world, you know, can download it and it's a do it yourself. It could be a product, but that has always been an important part of my business, especially being a mom when I, you know, having little kids. But I think stepping back, my this was the year of clarity, actually saying to myself, part of my business plan for this year was saying, what do I not need in my business? What can be detoxed from my site? What can be detoxed from my business? What is working? What is not working? And really in my business plan to look at what areas are causing congestion. And I believe so often we feel like we have no time, but if we really just sat back and as you said, looked at 
if we have lists in MailChimp, looked at what are the opt-in freebies that are getting most opened. If we do survey monkeys, which I've never done, I actually do more with opt-ins. What are survey monkeys or what are people actually saying that they want or what recipes or what posts on Facebook are getting the most likes? No, that's how I actually survey my people and see what do people really want? And I think really stepping back and seeing what is the message that you're really promoting and how to really speak to your people is the most important thing that you can do for your business. And for me in 2015, it was really honing in on my expertise and how to communicate with my potential clients so that I can be more productive, more focused and not be in different places. And what that opened up was more opportunities, people contacting me to do summits. You actually, you and I even talking about this podcast, being asked to write for different publications. That's the stuff that happens when you get more focused. Yeah, I think, you know, if in doubt what to do, always building your relationship with your community is a I think it's pretty much always a good use of your time because it's building an asset for your business. So like you might not know what you're going to sell or exactly what your coaching offering is going to be. But if you can build that relationship so that people start to see you as an expert and trust you, then you will figure out what sells like you will figure out what they need because you've got that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because we, we're, we're almost at 30 minutes already for chatting, but, <laughs> which is just crazy. It's flown by. But one thing I definitely wanted to talk about is how do you decide what to work on every day? Like you wake up, you go to your computer. How do you know what to do? So for me, I pretty much, and it sounds crazy, I've done the same thing that I do now as I did from day one. And so for me, because I do run quite a number of different forums, one for health coaches, one for my own personal detox, one for a group of moms that is connected to a local gym where I run a weight loss moms group and one for another group where I run weight loss for another gym. So I have certain forums that I run, but I go in the morning and the first thing that I do is take care of my online forums. I then go and do my social media. I typically then go and blog and make sure that I use this blog in a way that I can have the social sharing at the bottom so that I can hit Google Plus, I can hit Pinterest, I can hit Facebook, I can hit Twitter. And so I can take care of that or putting it in buffer so that I'm not going into all these different social media and wasting time. I then have my day pretty planned out. You know, my, I take my kids to school, but then each of my days, this is the one thing that took me a while to figure out. I have health histories on certain days, you know, strategy phone calls. I see clients on other days. I have certain days that I'm really, I call them in office cleanup. And those are typically Mondays and Fridays where I'm really making sure that I'm focusing on like what strategy for the week, what needs to be taken care of. And then I have the days where I either am seeing people out of my office or seeing people in my office. And I would say as far as like working on developing programs or working on materials like that, I make sure that I carve out usually an hour a day where I'm working on either some kind of writing for an existing program that I have or something that I'm going to submit. And there are days that that doesn't always happen, but I at least try to do that three times a week. It's a little different if I'm writing a program that I'm under deadline, but I think the more that we can write for extra publications 
and try to submit, the better off we are because that does give us that extra exposure and visibility. And so for me, my daily activities, I think are important. And I think that sitting down every Friday before you close shop, so whatever time that is, whether you want to say it's two o'clock or two to three and saying, I'm going to take an hour to plan out my next week is imperative. And I think Monday, sitting there and saying, Monday, I call it Monday cleanup or Monday mess up, you know, looking at Monday and saying, okay, what didn't get done? What needs to get addressed? What emails are going out? The more you can plan and have an editorial calendar, and it doesn't mean editorial calendar is going to just mean like, what emails, what newsletters are you sending out? Do you have campaigns? Like, what are you launching? The more questions you can ask yourself, even if you're a new coach, the more that you can get into the habit. I wish somebody would have told me this early on. The more that you can get in the habit of being proactive in building your business and thinking like an entrepreneur and thinking ahead of the game so you're not ever in emergency mode, the better off you're going to be. And that's when you were talking about Google Calendar, Google Docs. Think ahead, plan out your months. If it's Valentine's coming up and you're you're launching a come to you one on your a special for your one-on-one coaching, think about what are your marketing emails going to be for that month. So I think it's that kind of stuff. And and that is my daily reprieve. And I will say, I will end it with this, is that for me, being, you know, a solo entrepreneur, and I think for anyone out there, self-care is a biggie and something that sometimes falls to the wayside because we're building our business. And it does take, you know, a good three years to really build that book, to build your business and to get it on solid foundation. It doesn't mean you can't make money prior to that. But to really get like into the groove of like, oh, wow, things are really flowing. And that's for any business, you know, whether you're a hairstylist or a lawyer or um, an architect. But I think the more that you can get great systems in place, this is my big like, please do this. You know, the more that you can learn MailChimp, Dropbox, Google Docs, Calendar, these basic systems, that's the home run. Oh, absolutely. Because as your business grows, then mm-hmm. it helps you scale, really. Yeah. So I was going to say, mine's a bit different, actually, how I do my day, because I'm totally a morning person. Like, I wake up with tons of energy, and that's when I'm, like, the most sharp and the most creative. And so for me, I can't do social media first thing in the morning, <laughs> even though I want to, because it'll it'll just suck up a ton of my time. So I make myself... Like before I even go to my computer, okay, in a perfect world, I shouldn't check email in the morning, right? Because this is, well, so, so a lot of experts say, but I do. So I check my email on my phone in the morning, but then while I'm having breakfast, I write a list of the three main things I have to have done that day. So like if it's, you know, sending my newsletter, if it's a Monday, if it's a Tuesday when that goes out or making, doing one module of a program I'm working on or contacting 10 potential clients, whatever it is, I do like my list of three. And then when I sit down at my computer, I do one of those things first before I look at email or anything else just to try to like get something crossed off the list, like one of the big priorities. And then the afternoon is when I do like email and social media because I'm a little more... I'm just not quite as like clear in the head in the afternoon. And so I think it's a lot better. <laughs> I mean, it's something I can do without 
I don't need to be able to write beautiful English, you know, in the afternoon. I can just do stuff on social media, write, do some graphics on Canva or, or anything like that. I also like to do my podcast interviews in the afternoon because I'm kind of more chatty and social, where in the morning I'm better at like doing focused work. So I think it depends on you as a person and mm-hmm. you've got to know your energy levels too and, and what your daily routine is and just plan it out. But the worst thing to do, which I have, I used to do, is just to sit down at the computer and open email and just like think you're starting to work, which in my experience was a disaster because you basically just start answering emails all day and that. So don't do that. But other than that, yeah. I think you have to know your style. I mean, this is, you know, and that's what we were saying before about like your goal of making $10,000. Like know your style. You know, when somebody says, well, blah, 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 does it this way? I always say, what works for you? Really say, you know, if you're that person that writes great in the morning, write in the morning. Then do, but have a plan and stick to it. Yeah. And try it out at least for a month because you have to get into a system and and just stick with the system and make sure that you're not wasting time because time is so precious. And especially when you're building your business, you know, a lot of coaches, this is their second career and they're working full-time jobs. So time is really precious. And I think that's why I always say, if you can really come up with a simplified system for doing a blog and sharing it and going off to work and then coming home and knowing the days that you're seeing clients, like just look at your week, map it out, know what your goals are, make it realistic, make it doable, pat yourself on the back. If you fail at something, fail forward and try again. Like that's Oh, I love that. Fail forward. (laughs) It's my favorite line. I have it in my office on a whiteboard in in red. Fail forward. The only fail is when you actually just quit. Mm -hmm. That's it. Cool. Well, Rachel, we definitely, we've got to wrap it up here, unfortunately, but it's been so much fun chatting with you. Would you just let everyone know where they can get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can check out www.rachelswellness.com. There are actually opt-in freebies for coaches, the blueprint for launching and all the steps that, that you need to kind of build your business. So you can download those. You can also check out the done for you programs, the same ones I use in my own business that I've been talking about. And that is at www.detox.rachelswellness.com. And you can also check me out on Facebook, Rachel's Wellness. And I always say, send smoke signals. I usually can see them. But yes, I'm on every different social media platform, Twitter at Rachel Nutrition. And yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was my pleasure. It was great talking to you. Thanks so much for listening to this interview of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. As always, you can get all of the links to everything we discussed in the show in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 56. And actually, right from within your mobile device, if you're listening on your phone, if you click in the podcast app, if you just, at least on my iPod, on my iPhone, if you just click the image of the show, it should actually show you the show notes and you should be able to click right there to hop back over to the show notes on my website, which is awesome. So give that a try and see if that works. And don't forget to go watch Marie Forleo's free training series. The video that just came out today is the second one. It's her 13 keys to killing it online. You'll really want to see how this woman does launches. And besides like her information about how to grow your online business is really just top notch. Just the best program I've done. So check it out. You can hit the videos up at wellpreneuronline.com slash bschool. 
So have a fantastic week. I'm wishing you tons of success in your wellness business. And I will see you back here next Monday with the next episode. 